Beautiful. Why don't you grab your seats? Oh, I love that this morning. I love baby dedications because I love them when we get to do them in our church. And it was great when Pastor John said we're going to be here for a dedication this morning. I think, great. Because I think that's a great moment as a church. And I love the thought there about being part of the tribe. And just as Pastor John was sharing that, I thought, you know what? Centro Church has invited Roma Church to be part of your tribe as well. Did you know that? So, so all that stuff that Pastor John was just saying, he's like, um, a number of years ago, he said, come on, Shane, we, we want to we do this journey together. You wanna, we want to be part of your tribe. We want you to be part of our tribe. We want to journey together. And all that stuff about the things that we can do together, it just makes it so much more powerful. And I was just thinking that, Pastor John, as you were sharing that, I thought, what a great thought to do life together as part of a tribe. Now, I know some of you maybe have been here when I've been here before. Some of you may not have met me, but this is something you need to understand really quickly. I'm a country pastor from a country church from a pretty small show. So even just the worship this morning was just like, oh, this is just amazing um, to be in your house. And, and, and just I was just thinking even about Pastor John and, and what a great leader he is and how lucky we are to have him leading our state. And I just thought, imagine being here every Sunday. I was like, I want to hear my church back and move to Ipswich. And, and I just thought, what an opportunity, you know, you guys have every Sunday. And, and then I get that feeling, it's like, oh, for these poor suckers, Pastor John's not preaching today. <laughs> But I thought, anyway, it's all good. He's on tonight. <laughs> I assume. Are you on tonight? <laughs> He's on tonight, so come back. Uh, but anyway, it's all good, you know. And, and when we come down, just talking about that whole thing about being part of, tri- part of a tribe, every co- time we come down, we, we're really made to feel sort of part of the family and we're really treated well. And last year, the night we arrived and we got into our motel room, fireworks start going off outside the hotel room. And I shared that with you last year, and I said, you know, that's a pretty big deal to put on fireworks for the Wallaces when they moved to, to Ipswich. And I did say, I don't know how you're going to top it. Now, as, now, now this has been topped. Um, it has, yeah. And now, as Pastor Tim, as my witness, so this is no word of a lie, he was there. So, so every year we sort of, it's part of our thing, like we go to the footy when we come down, go watch the Lions, we had a great win on the weekend. Um, so we're at, we're at Koorong, they're buying some, some stuff there, and we're just about to leave Koorong, which is just like 10 minutes walk from the Gabba. So I've just walked out the door, I've said to him, yep, let's walk up together. And I get a phone call from the boys' Auskick coach, they do AFL Auskick, which is a little nippers program, I suppose, for AFL. And the, the coach from Roma rings me, and he says, hey, Shane, are you, are you going to the footy this weekend? I said, mate, I'm 10 minutes away. He said, would you boys like to play on the Gabba at halftime in the main, you know, the main show, the main AFL game. I was like, would they? <laughs> so you don't understand, last week in church, our missions coordinator, and it does this missions presentation, we have a compassion project in Thailand. And she does this presentation, and my little fella, I didn't put him up to it, he's just that kind of guy, he's seven years old. He wanders up to um, the missions coordinator after the service, he said, you did a great job, seven-year-old, imagine. You did a great job with that presentation. Um, you know, you're, you're a great missions coordinator. Um, you know, you're doing a great job. And, sh- and she sort of leans down. Oh, that's great, little Marty. You'd probably give him a pat on the head. I wasn't there. But give him a little pat. Uh, great, Ma- that's great, Marty. Maybe one day you'd like to be the missions coordinator. And Marty says, thinks about it for a minute. He says, oh, I'll probably have to wait till my AFL career's over. But <laughs> that's true. So, so, yeah, they wanted to play, all right? <laughs> so, so then, so... So then we get down there to the Gabba, and I'm talking to the guy, and it was a big rush, and it was a bit chaotic, actually, Tim, I'll tell the story, I looked like I took my head, cut off trying to get kids, because we were really late, and whatever else, but then the guy says, um, apparently some kids had pulled out, 
Now, I know your pastor loves his AFL. I know he loves his footy. I know he's a big wheel. But I don't know who he paid or who he bribed or what kids were tied up in the back of a car somewhere. So my boys got to play on the Gabba. But Pastor John, we appreciate it. Give yourselves a hand. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a good time coming to Ipswich. But, um, but I'm here actually not to tell stories about the footy. Um, so, yeah, we've been having a good year, and some of you may know that um, at the end of last year, beginning of this year, we, we outgrew our old facility, so we renovated a new facility, and we, we, or we renovated a place that we're going to be for a couple of years, and we got in there to create a whole heap of room and a whole heap of space for us as a church, and uh, I think three months in, it was full. So, so um, it's great news. So we're, we're thinking about what we might even do at the start of next year, trying to create, create um, a bit extra capacity. God's doing some really good stuff out in Rome. In fact, it's that sort of stuff where you're like, I don't know what God's doing, but it's really exciting. And, and, and he's adding some really key people to our congregation. And I just want to tell you, we've, we've seen some people connect to faith this year and just see their lives completely change. I just want to tell you one story really quick about a lady who, who was from the Gold Coast and she was, and she, she, I don't know how to say this, but she was pretty much pursuing, she, she wanted to escape a lifestyle, can I say that? Um, so she wanted to escape a lifestyle, she had to get out of a situation, and so she was looking for cheap accommodation, and she finds that there's cheap accommodation in this place called Roma. And so she tells her friends, I'm going to move to Roma because I've got really cheap houses there. And her friends are like, uh, do you know where Roma is, honey? <laughs> it's just out the back of the Goldie, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, four hours, the back of the Goldie, five hours, the back of the Goldie. You know, she moves to town, and her very first week there, she connects with a lady who'd been invited to our church by her neighbor, and they just got, got to know each other, and they said, well, and she, you know, this lady has a few kids, and they said, why don't you come to church with us? So she comes to church, and, um, you know, um, a few weeks later, we have our family camp. She comes to family camp. She gives her life to Jesus, because she starts to see the truth, you know, she starts to see the life change that she's in an environment where she, these people are different. And so she comes to our family camp and she, she commits her life to Christ and we baptize her there on family camp. And then a few weeks later, um, we had a, a guest minister who was talking about the Holy Spirit and baptism in the Holy Spirit. And uh, he finished it and he was just praying about that. And he was just praying for some people there. And, and um, she came up to ask me a question about something. Um, right at the end, I was just standing at the front and I was talking to her and I said, well, um, that's great, honey. But would you like baptism of the Holy Spirit? And she's like, oh, I don't know what baptism of the Holy Spirit is. And um, if you don't know what baptism of the Holy Spirit is, it's just an amazing, it's an amazing way to supercharge. It's not my sermon this morning. There's an amazing way to supercharge your relationship with Jesus and live your life in a whole different way that you'd never believe possible. And so anyway, we're, we're, I said, would you like, so I gave her a quick theological, you know, this is what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. And then, and then this guy's praying, he's going on and on and on. And and to this other person, I was like, look, I've got to go. Um, when he finishes, so this is someone who's only been in church a few months. When he finishes, just tell him you want baptism in the Holy Spirit and let me know how it goes. And so I ran off because I had to go. And I didn't even find out until later um, that, um, you know, on Wednesday, I said, oh, what happened with that prayer? And she's just this massive big smile across her face. And she's like, I was baptized with the Holy Spirit on Sunday. So well, come on. And that lady today... That lady today now runs our kitchen and she's looking after all the food and all that sort of stuff. It's just an amazing story of life transformation. And there's some of the things that we're seeing in Roma at the moment. So it's, it's really cool. Um, and, oh, and one of the things that's coming up really soon, I just want to mention it really quickly now, is that uh, just in a couple of weeks, we have a, a men's camp that we're doing in Surat. And I think that's been talked about a little bit here. 
So um, we're looking for some guys who want to come out and have a great time with us in the bush. But Craig, if you've got that video, I just want to show a quick, a quick slide about what muster's about. And uh, here it is, a day at muster. Come to muster. Just me. That's cool. <laughs> we'll have guns and motorbikes in Roma. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. We're going to have a great time uh, this year with Steve Kenny. I think you guys are going to send some, some, this is part of being the tribe. You guys are going to send a whole heap of people out to help us out to run that camp because we've had to shift venues this year. So we really appreciate that. And that's something that we see as being part of the team. So if, if you've been approached or you'd like to find out more about that, Hilsey, um, you can ring me. <laughs> I need a guitarist, all right? <laughs> that, was, that was a bit cheeky, wasn't it? That's all right, we're, we're family, it's all cool. Uh, but anyway, I better get on, on with my message today. So this year, um, this year in, in Roma, we've been looking about, a theme for the year has been count the cost. And when I found the count the cost of following Jesus, and we've been looking at Luke 14, and when I started to, when I felt God place that on my heart for our, for our town, for our church, what I thought God was going to be saying in that was, what is, what is the cost to us? What do we need to do to follow Jesus? But the longer the year's gone on and the more God's revealed stuff to me, it's actually that's not what our theme has been for this year. Our theme for this year is count the cost of not following Jesus 100%. And so that's what we've been looking at this year. And that was even a surprise to me because you know what? We want to get the full experience, don't we? Do you want to get the full experience of life? I want to get the full experience of life. I've yet to met anyone who doesn't want the full experience of life. And so that's what we've been looking at. How do we get the full experience of life? And, and even as we've been looking at it, it's reminded me of a story. You may have heard the story of a young fellow years ago, back when money was probably a little bit more scarce, and he heard the circus was coming to town. And so he's like, and so he goes and tells his dad, you know, the circus is coming to town. He, if the circus was coming to his town, he wanted to be there. He didn't want to miss out. And so he's told his dad, and his dad's like, well, we can't afford to go to the circus, but it's, you know, it's coming up, it's a couple of months, maybe if you scrape, maybe if you save, um, do some chores, I might chip in some money. If you work really hard, you might get to see the circus. So anyway, that happens, and, and for the sake of time, he does his stuff, and he saves up enough money. And the day that the circus come to town, he, he, he has his money. And so he says, you know, his dad says, yep, good, mate, you can go, there's only enough money for one of them. And so he, he rushes, rushes into town, 
And, and in, in, I was thinking those days, I don't know if they still do it, but the circus would do a big parade. It was like their promo thing, you know. They'd do the big parade up the street, and they'd all walk down the street, big parade, and then go to the tent, and then they'd have the circus. And so he rocks up, and the parade's just about to start, so he grabs his spot in line. He, he's got his money in his pocket. He's ready to pay someone. He doesn't want to miss out. And so, you know, these animals he's never seen before, elephants and all the different stuff and acrobats and crazy people and crowns. And it was all happening. And I thought, this kid, he's like, this is amazing. The circus is amazing. And this clown comes, just, you know, they're shaking hands and they're doing whatever they do, throwing confetti on the crowd, I don't know. And he comes up to this little kid and this little kid gets so excited, he reaches into his pocket and he hands out his money and he gives his money to the clown and the clown walks off and the parade moves on and the parade gets all into the tent and they're in there. And this little kid, then he goes home because he, he thinks he's done the circus. And he gets home and, he said, and his dad says, well, what was the circus like? And he tells him and he, his dad didn't have the heart to tell the kid that although you, although you saved up, although you worked hard, although you did everything that you needed to do, unfortunately, you've missed the main event. And I wonder how many of us in life are like that. We see the big show. And we, do, we work hard and we do everything that we think we should be doing, but in reality, we miss the main event. And, and that's, a sad, that's a sad thing. And so that's what I want to talk about that a little bit this morning. Um, would you pray with me? Lord God, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for, for each one in this house, Lord. I, I always know that um, wherever you are, you know, sorry, wherever we are, your spirit is. And, and none of us is here by accident this morning. And I just pray that you would speak to each one of us this morning through this word. Use me this morning to speak the words that you want spoken. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can you turn to Genesis chapter 12 for me? Um, there's a fa- fairly famous guy in the Bible, and his name's Abraham. And he was, he's the father of the Jewish people or the people of Israel. He's actually the father or the great ancestor of all the Arabs. And Abraham lived in a place called Ur, and, and you may have heard of Ur. Ur is known as the birthplace of civilization in your history books. That's why the Bible starts the story after the flood at Ur, because the Bible's aligned with history. So, so he was there, and then um, him and his dad decided to go on an adventure. They're living in Ur, um, this place in Babylon. They decided to go on an adventure. So they, they, they head off, and they stop at this... Um, did I tell you to turn to Genesis chapter 12? Uh, oh, good, I remembered that. Um, so we're going to get there in a second. So they go to this place called Haran or Haran or whatever you want to call it. Um, they arrive at this place and, and, and then God really blesses them there. So they go to this place and then they, they become very successful there. And, and then we pick up the story about what happens because God visits um, Abraham. And at the time, his name was Abram. So you just got just to roll with that. So this is the call of Abram in Genesis chapter 12. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I'll bless you and make you famous and you'll be a blessing to others. I'll bless those who bless you and curse those that treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed and Lot went with him. Abram Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. Now, that sounds like a pretty good deal, doesn't it? Who wants God to show up and say that? Like, you're gonna be blessed beyond belief, you know? No, anyone who tries to come against you, I'm gonna smash them. Well, that's a pretty good deal, isn't it? All right, so, so here's, Abram, here's, here's, here's Abram's life to this point. You gotta, you gotta understand, Ur was the birthplace of civilization. At the time, we believe it was the most magnificent city on the planet. And so he's, he, he's moved from there to this other place. When he moves to this other place, he gets rich. And then God says, well, hey, wait a minute. This is just the start. You know, you reckon this, you're actually gonna be blessed from here. So, so it's just on the up and up. Can you see that? It's on the up and 
up for Abram. But the, the thing I see about his story, if you just quickly, I know I've unpacked that quickly, but that's how it was. And so he's on the up and up. But the thing you've got to understand about Abram's story is he continually had to move to a new place to be blessed. Do you see that? He always had to go to the place of expansion. You know, if he'd stayed in Ur, you know, he was in a great city, but they moved to Haran. He moved to Haran, he, he did really well. But then, but then when he got to Haran, God said to him, hey, you know what? If you really want to experience what I have for you, you're going to have to move again. And I think that's for us as people. You know, I love that story about the quilt. That was just gold this morning. That's, give that lady a hand. You know, I have a new goal, you know, like quilting. I've got something I can do now when I break myself on one of those motorbikes at Musters. I just think that's cool. That's what I'm talking about this morning. There's always another level. There's always another place to go. And Abraham um, understood that, and, and, and he had to be obedient to move. So that's the trick, you know. You, gotta, you not only got to hear from God, but you've got to be obedient to move. And God said, hey, this is what I have for you. We've got to be obedient to step into it. You know? And, and we, that can happen in any area of our life. That can be any place we are in life. That can be a place where we hardly even know God, and we just hear him stirring in our spirits. And God's saying, hey, you know what? This is what I have for you. And that's the hard part. Because there's, there's also a sad part to this story. There's a really sad part to this story, and it's found in Genesis 11:32. I think they have it, which is before, because before we read from chapter 12, 11, chapter 11 comes before. So um, just numerically. Uh, so Genesis 11:32, we hear this. Terah lived for 205 years and died while he was still in Haran. And the title of this morning's message is, Don't die in Haran because the part of the story I didn't tell you was if you go back even further in the Bible it says Terah and Abram set out for Canaan which was the promised land they didn't actually set out for Haran but they arrived in Haran and they thought this is a really comfortable place and Terah died there Terah died never going to the place that I'll show you Terah died never going to the place of full extension. He, never got, he died never going to the place where God was really going to bless him. And, I, and reading the scripture, I thought, I wonder. There's a song we sung in, in Sunday school or maybe youth group, depends how old you are. Um, you know, Father Abraham, this and that, and Father Abraham. I can't, I can't remember the rest of it. Something like, yeah, many sons he had. I just, that's exactly it. Who, who would have, if, if Terah didn't die in Haran, it could have been many sons had Father Terah. I honestly believe that. Many sons had Father Terah, but he died in Haran. For whatever reason, he stopped. And Haran's a great place, but it's a pit stop on the journey to the real, real prize. And you know, this isn't just in the Old Testament. There's a guy by the name of Peter who was one of Jesus' very close mates. And at the end of the Bible, he wrote a few letters to some of the churches around the place. And, and he's in um, first, and so in one of those, it's a couple of those letters we still have, and they're in the Bible. And, and he's, he's, he's one of those letters, he's hardly even getting into what he wants to tell the people, and he jumps on this very topic. And I want to read just a little bit out of his letter to you this morning. Um, it, it, it's found in 1 Peter chapter 2, um, and I think we're going to read from verse 1. And, and so this is Jesus' mate, so this is a contemporary of Jesus Christ. He writes this. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you'll grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have a had had a taste of the Lord's kindness. And see, here Peter is lamenting 
with his fellow Christians. The guys, this wasn't written to people that weren't, this was written to churches. So this was written to Christian people. And he says, he's saying to this group of churches, now that you've, you're in church now, and that's gold and that's great, but, he, but crave spiritual milk. He's actually saying, you know, the things that you're still doing that you did before you met Jesus is slowly killing you. That's what he's saying to this group of people. He's saying, hey, just come on, let's, let's not stay there. But what really grabbed me when I read this scripture, and I just remember reading it when I was like, wow. He, he says this, he says, move to a full experience of salvation. Now, if you think about that, what that means to me is that when we first come to Christ, when we first experience God, maybe when we know about God, what we, we are born into an incomplete experience of salvation if we have to grow into a full one. Do you see that? This is exactly what Abraham's story is. He got to Haran and it was great, but he's like, you know, well, there's more to it than this. God was saying, there's more to it than this. See, Terah failed to grow into the full experience of knowledge of Christ, and it was so sad. And the reason, and here's the reason, and I think this is something that we all need to think about, he became content with less than God's best. He became content with less than God's best. And I'm here to tell you that this country is full of people content with less than God's best, an incomplete experience of salvation. Sorry, Matt. There's only one antidote that I know of to beat that. And this is the antidote. I'm gonna give it to you this morning and save you a lot of time and research. The only way that you can stop being content with less than God's best is to continually chase God's best for your life every day. Just continually chase it, continually be asking the question and recognizing where I am isn't the end of my journey. Where I am isn't the end of my journey. God always has something best. Just remember Abraham, he could have just said, hey, Ren, this is just a great place. We have done so well here. But God was saying, hey, you know what? There's more. There's more. Peter says, desire the spiritual stuff. Stop desiring, and you see this everywhere, stop desiring everything everyone else is desiring and know what it is to really live. Know what it is to really live. For anyone, and this is the part I love about the Bible, because for anyone who who refuses to become content and keeps chasing God's purposes, greatness awaits. And did you notice I used the word anyone because here's the thing about the bible that you may not know here's the thing about god that you may not know god isn't looking for for you know that really gifted person or that person with the great heritage or that person who's got all their ducks in a row god's only ever looking for one thing or two things actually (laughs) or maybe 50 things but the key thing (laughs) i know i haven't actually done the list but (laughs) but i'll tell you the two things he's looking for first and that's obedience and availability. Now, if you think about that, think about that for a minute. Obedience and availability, that's a level playing field. We're all on the same page here this morning. It doesn't matter which seat you're sitting in, whether you're on the, on the up here, your front row, back row. Every single one of us has the same opportunity of obedience and availability. And when I look through the Bible, when I look right from the very start to the very end, God wasn't looking for the most gifted. He was always looking for the available 
and the obedient. And you think about Abram. I've just been telling you this story, how God comes to him in Haran and says this amazing stuff. There's a reason that he said it to Abram. The reason was when he said move, Abram moved. That was it, when God said something, when God said do something, he did it. He was available. And that's, what, that's how God speaks to us. That's how we begin to walk in this area of, of blessing and, and the things that we see in life that we think, you, maybe you see someone in your world and you think, I wish I was, you can be. It's just obedience and availability. We're all the same. We're all the same. It's a level playing field. Just chase God and desire spiritual things. Become available and obedient. And, you know, as I began looking into this story, because it really fascinated me, this story of Terah and Abraham and the fact that Terah died. And, and so I was looking at And as I was just looking at it, I looked into this town called Haran. I thought, what does it represent? Why did this guy die there? We don't want to die in Haran. Why, why did the guy die there? What is that town? What is it about that town? And so I decided to just do a little bit of research. And, and sometimes you do a little bit of research and you find nothing. Other times you do a little bit of research and you go, wow. Do you know what the word Haran means? You don't. Well, some of you might, but I didn't. <laughs> it means road. It means road. Do you know what road speaks to me of? Journey. If you stop on the road where I come from, we call you roadkill. You know what roadkill is? <laughs> I'll tell you something else about roadkill. I was just explaining this to my little boy the other day. We drove to Gundawindi, which is another four-hour drive, and we're coming back. He says, Dad, why don't you drive over there to dead kangaroos? And I said, mate, they stink. I said, they'll stink out your car for hours. I don't know if you're aware of that, but a little, another little tip, just write that one down. Don't run over dead kangaroos anywhere near Gundawindi, especially the Gundawindi ones. They really stink. If you stop on the road, you become roadkill, and roadkill stinks. That's what Haran represents. It's not a destination. It's not a place. It, well, it is a place, but you, you follow that thought. The second thing I found out about Haran, and this, this was just really interesting to me, because you know how I said before, you know, Abraham and that and his dad, they did really well there, but the word, the word, another rendering of the meaning of the word Haran actually means parched, which means dry. And I thought about that. I thought, yes, that is so true. You know your neighbor who doesn't believe in Jesus who's got a great lawn? My, my neighbor, honestly, my neighbor, oh, that, that's a bit of a thing with me because my neighbor has the best lawn in Roma and it irks me. But, uh, like, I mean, we, we get about one millimeter of rain a year, but his is like fluorescent green. It's painted on, I'm sure. <laughs> but don't tell him I said that. He's very proud of his lawn. But, but here's the thing. You know, we can see people with the shiny stuff, can't we? And we think, oh, I want to be like that. Inside, parched. Inside, dry. You know, here's a tip. Don't, don't, follow anyone, don't, don't believe anyone's Facebook feed. Because people's lives aren't as good or as bad as they write on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? It's just the truth. That person sitting next to you in church, and you think, wow, what a shiny lifestyle. Potentially, inside, parched. If you decide to stop, it's how it ends up. I couldn't believe it. And I saw that that town, of, of which was shiny and sharp and everything looked great, but inside, parched. Here's another thought. Believe it or not, 
And this, this is the one that really blew me away when I, when I found out this fact about this town of Haran, this ancient city. So this is an ancient city, so this is a, the place existed. Like they, these, these places existed. This is a real place. People live there, real people. And so another thing I found out about this town in the time of Abraham was it was the seat of worship of a certain God. Okay, as we know, you know, the ancients, that's how they rolled. So it was this, do you want, do you want to know the name of the God that they worshipped in Haran? when Abraham and Terah turned up four or 5,000 years ago. This just blew me away. Remember, this is stopping on the destination. This is, this is, this is um, quitting on God's great purposes and being content. This is what we're talking about here, being content with where we are and not wanting to grow and not wanting to find out, hey, what's God saying to me? The God that they worshipped in this town of Haran, would you believe it or not, it was the seat of worship of a God called Sin. Can you believe that? I didn't even know there was a God called sin. I'm just letting that sink in. If we decide to stop pursuing God and we become complacent and settled, the battle with sin begins. That's a heavy thought. That is a heavy thought. Haran is not a place to stop. It's not a place to stop. And I don't care, you know, what your background is in this building this morning or you know, where you're from or who you are. I'm from Roma, so you know, who you, whatever. But you don't want to die in Haran. You don't, you don't, you don't want to be the person that, that went to the circus and missed the main event. You don't want that to be you. And, and earlier this year, earlier this year, I, I spoke about it briefly before, but earlier this year, we moved into a, a temporary facility um, in Roma. And uh, I just want to know what I've got here. Yes, uh, we moved into this, this temporary facility. Um, now, some of, the, some of the Centro guys have been out in Rome and they visit. Pastor John's been into our old facility. And so when we moved into this new facility, it was a, a, basically a pub or like an RSL, and so it was in pretty bad condition, but we renovated it and, and made it quite pretty. And, and it, it felt like, you know, from, when it, when we, from where we moved to, which was an old house that they'd sort of hollowed out the middle of it, and then we moved into this new facility, this flash on. It was like we'd been moved from the milking shed. You know, we'd been confined to the milking, you know, where they do the cows for 30 years. And suddenly somebody had let us in the house. That's, that's how it felt when we moved into this new building. One of the ladies who'd been with us for a long time wanders in and from the back, you know, she says, oh, this actually feels like a church. And that wasn't so much a comment on the new building as the old, Okay. <laughs> So, you know, we've moved into this flash, shiny place. You know, it has electric glass doors at the front. You know, our old door, yeah, we had to have a jack under it to jack it up every now and again because it wouldn't lock, okay? <laughs> no, that's serious. This is, the, this is the difference. This is the level that, that everything has changed. And, you know, doing, doing church in a renovated pub also has its hilarious moments. Um, here, here, I think this was a couple of weeks ago, we're doing the announcements, and, and my lovely wife... Um, who I'm going to just throw under the bus just for a moment. Because um, so, we're supporting, we, we support chaplaincy, you know, Scripture Union chaplaincy, we really believe. It's about the tribe again, Pastor John, and youth groups and having good, good people in, in our young people's world. So we're a big supporter of chaplaincy. And, and so we're selling these chocolates and, uh, to support chaplaincy because we believe in it. And, and so Leah says, look, get out to the bar after church and, and buy some chocolates and support chaplaincy. <laughs> so I raced out to the bar to support chaplaincy. I, I love <laughs> I'm quite happy to do that. <laughs> We've seen a lot of new people in church since Leah said that, actually. They, word, 
Word got out that after church, the bar opens. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm seriously considering that. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus, help us. Anyway, do you want to... Do you want to see a clip? Well, I brought a little clip. I just wanted to show you a little clip. of I can't show the old facility, unfortunately, because I didn't put that in the clip. But do you want to see a clip of the transformation process? Because your church, is, most of you, or some of you may be aware, a lot of people come out from Centro to help us with the build um, and the reno. So, um, Craig, if you've got that clip up there, if you could throw that on, the Maranile Club one, we'll have a quick look. <laughs> the journey um, for the... Uh, give yourselves a hand, because you helped out with that. Yeah, the first year I came, I said that this stage was bigger than our auditorium in Roma, and that was the truth. But as you can see, God's enlarging the tent. You know, you've got to move to a new place. And, and this is something that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, I wanted to show you that, because, um, you know, when we moved into that building, this is what I said to our church. I said, this is a... Did I mention that place has glass, electric glass sliding doors? Did I say that? I, I said to our church, I said, this is, this is a great place, this is a shiny place, this is a lovely place, but you know, this is not our destination. This is a pit stop on the journey of what God has for us as a church. And we've, we've bought a block of land and we're looking at building a purpose-built ministry center in Roma. And that's where we're going. And I, I didn't want us to, as a church, go, wow, this is so pretty. In fact, it was about three months into us being in that building that I, one morning I was locking up, I said, actually, this is a nice place to do church. Do you know what? You know what took me that long? Because I don't want to stay there. I don't want to stay there. I, I believe that God had, it's pretty as for us, I know that kind of looks more similar to this, but for us, that's, you know, that's Hayran. That's a shiny place. That's a beautiful place. But we, we, we want to go to the place of our, our expansion. We want to go to a place of God's blessing. We, want to, we don't want to stop on the journey. You know, we want to keep chasing what God has for us and never stop. And so, so I show you that clip this morning because I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you. Have, 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 you, have you stopped sort of at a shiny place? Have you stopped seeking God's best for you? Where are you on that journey? You may be still in Ur. You may be still in Ur and you're like, you know what, I haven't even got on the Hayran journey yet. But, but, but I hear what he's saying. I hear what that lunatic from Roma is saying. 
He's saying, you know what? If we wanna, if we wanna see the big deal, if we wanna, if we wanna make it to the circus tent, if you like, if we wanna get the full experience, if you want the full experience of life, this morning, I just encourage you, I challenge you. Find out what it means to chase God's dreams for you and never stop chasing them. And for some that might mean, you know what, I've got to see a pastor here. For some that might be, I've got to talk to my small group leader. Maybe I've got to find out what next steps are, are there for me. Because it would be, it would be horrible thought five years down the track to go, gee, I remember what that guy said about not dying. My life is in the same place it was five years ago. Like, I, I don't get that. But honestly, I'll just be frank with you. I don't understand that type of way of looking at life. So maybe that's you this morning. I'd encourage you, not now. I'm going to hand over to, um, I think, Pastor Francine or someone in just a second. But, but, but that's my challenge to you guys. And that's what I'll be thinking. And that's what I'll be praying when we're out in Rome. We pray for you guys in here. And that's what, that'll be my prayer for you as an individual. Because I don't want our church to stop in Haran. I don't want your church to stop in Haran. I don't want me to stop in Haran. I don't want to die in Haran. I want to make it to the promised land. Can I pray for you this morning? Well, God, I just thank you for this opportunity that I've had to spend time with my tribe and just share um, what I believe you put on my heart um, for this hour. And Lord God, for each of us, no matter where we are on the journey, maybe, maybe we're still in Ur and we, we haven't even really started the journey yet. God, I pray that you'd speak to us. God, God, maybe we've, we've started that journey and we, we've left and we, we've left to, to heading towards where you have for us, but we stopped because we became content. Well, God, I, I pray that you'd speak to us. And maybe we've even left Haran and then we're on our way to, to Canaan. We're on the way to the promised land, but it's just got a little bit tricky and it's got a little bit hard. Speak to us, Lord God. Speak to each one of us this morning. And Lord, my prayer for each one of us in the house, it's my prayer for myself, it's my prayer for my wife, it's my prayer for this church family of Centro that we never, ever stop chasing God's best for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you.